0: Hi. Hello. Today, welcome
1: to another fantastic episode of Suck on my penis, you fucking bitch podcast.
2: Oh, hello.
1: Hello, how you doing, buddy?
2: All right. Uh, I'm sitting at the edge of a baseball field in a park it's the first hot day of portland this year we've had a long rainy extended winter and my plan was to take a walk and talk to you but it was a little windy we were trying before and the noise was crunchy on your end and now i'm sitting there's not much wind how does it sound
1: I think it sounds uh, pretty normal. Like, like I think it's going to probably be an award-winning podcast.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of
1: right up there. Like, I think the audio quality is right up there with the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, great! Yeah. So, welcome to the uh, Give Me Some Serious Throat Game podcast with (laughs) your host, the man with two thumbs who loves getting his fucking blowjay on. Victor Cairo talking today exclusively. There's no, uh, there's no uh, like this with Joshua, the Hall, the Simmons.
0: Ah! Ah! Yeah, <laughs> yay!
1: Now, have you have you been to a convention where you you sit at a table and you have a microphone and like people ask you questions?
2: Like, doing a panel, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have done a handful of panels, yes, over the years. Um, mostly, I think, on the Black River Tour in 2015. Why? Have you ever done it?
1: No, I, well, I think I remember you telling me that you did a panel once and you were being interviewed by Robert Crumb. And if you could maybe... Tell us a little bit about that because I wasn't there, and there's no video footage proof on the internet. Uh, it was it was actually is Robert Crumb and Art Spiegelman that were they were both grilling you about about uh, horror comics.
2: Oh yeah, what's what's the rumor that you heard? What were they saying?
1: Well, I heard that, that it was it was almost like that they were battle rapping, but like they were doing like <laughs> rhyming rhyming questions, and they were trying to out question. Each other, and the way that they were grilling you about uh, the validity of the horror comic.
2: Well, this is keep in mind about the older generation. Like that is like they like to stay young. They're they were into fidget spinners when it was a thing. They were into battle <laughs> rapping at the time, and I really respect uh, art and and Bob for that. You gotta.
1: Have you have you actually met either one of those uh, gentlemen?
2: I have not. Um, I, years ago, somebody sent from one of my, uh, one or two of my comics, I think it was the Circus New Orleans thing way back in 2001. And he sent a postcard that was just like perplexed, critical, older cartoonist. where he's like, learn how to tell a story if you want it to be read by people. Like it was this very critical filled up the whole back of a postcard uh, transmission for Mr. Crump. And, you know, it bummed me out a little, but it was also kind of neat to get that um, because, yeah, he put some effort into actually, he got something out of it. He was, like, upset by it. He he really didn't like, I think, you know, that comic was done, like, kind of scrapbook style it was all like assembled from pieces of things and i think that's what really turned him off Uh, because most of my stuff is very straightforward like narrative wise very more conventional that i think he would be able to appreciate
1: yeah i think what what it was is he felt threatened so he actually that when he when he says he doesn't like it that means that he loves it and that he actually hates you because he likes it.
2: Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Have you ever interacted with them at all?
1: Uh, yeah, I, we, I do emails with them. I do like Zoom. We kind of like Zoom hangout. We watch movies together. Yeah, uh, show each other your dongs. Yeah, I did. We did. Uh, well, <laughs> I won't say that he actually showed me his, but he actually, I don't know, and I don't. He may have even turned off his mic and the video camera, but I. I was, I was arcing and I, I was actually able to shoot my thing into the air. And then, and this, I kind of oh, ate man. it up like a hungry hippo.
2: And he was like freeze framing as it shot in the air. And it was, well, it was like, thing it is, was like the bone in 2001.
1: <laughs> the the bone. <laughs>
2: bone. oh oh Slash spaceship.
1: See, I, I thought for, you know, for a second. I thought that you were referring to Jeff Smith's "The Bone," and I'm like, no, that came
2: out in 1990. Jeff Smith's "The Bone," that's what it was called. The Bone. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be that would be the porn parody. <laughs> there needs to be a, a porn parody. Yeah, of the bone. somebody, a, a dude in a in a bone costume with just his, <laughs> his ding dong hanging out. <laughs> I think I mean I've been making some movies, so that maybe that's our next project. You want to be the uh, the captain in the bone costume? Uh,
1: totally, man. And actually, there's, I'm, I'm actually really pleasantly, uh, maybe not, I'm not pleasantly surprised, but I'm, I'm pleased to see that there is more uh, more of a now for guys who have regular size dongs in uh, pornographic film.
2: Right. So. And that's a concern to you because
1: because I, if I'm like if I'm watching porn, I I get really uh, uh, I don't like watching it when the dick is is five times bigger than my dick. Like it's a you know one of those fifteen inch dicks that's is a, has a circumference of a football. I just can't you know, I can't I can't get into it.
2: I was thinking about this and you know you're a big guy. You're like what six two or so?
1: Uh, six foot six.
2: You're not six foot six. <laughs> you. No, I'm, fiend.
1: I'm, I'm. I'm. You know, i may be six foot, but yeah, I. I. I don't have the. Um, but w- well, you famously but, have. But a uh, norm,
2: a normal size, peen looks, is going to look smaller on a larger frame. I think your penis is fine. I've never seen it, but the way you talk about it, it sounds you know normal, but. You just have this bigger frame, which maybe you feel like it's smaller, and I, and a lot of the guys in porn are like smaller guys with big, to larger, peens. So, I'm just saying, don't fret, Victor. Don't fret.
1: Yeah, I just have to like you know I gotta I gotta channel surf the the pornographic material to you know to find. You know, guys that, but I don't have to, I don't have to, uh, my point is I don't have to channel surf as much when I'm going through perusal porn because there are, like, relatable sizes in the, in the films. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. This is
2: true.
1: I'm just fine. I mean,
2: I wouldn't know. I've never seen porn, so, but I'll take your word for it.
1: Yeah. You ever just, you ever uh, blast a batch? Uh, Yes. Oh wait, we're not supposed to talk about shit like this. And you know, what? I wasn't going to. You know, I think what happened to me—I don't know if I had like if I have uh, uh, food poisoning, but I felt like I felt like I survived a suicide attempt somehow. Like I just—I just felt so awful. And before this this conversation, I, I I slept. So I do sound a little bit off. I sound maybe a little bit. Uh,
2: Are you hungover? Are you awake?
1: you know i mean i would hate to i would hate to say that
2: uh, i'm a little hungover I, today so
1: i guess that's what it is. is i just fucking felt really shitty but normally i don't i don't i don't you know, i don't get the hangover thing you know and, and usually mm. and i think what it is maybe is i got a little bit of the nervous nellies cuz cuz i'm talking to the
2: Joshua was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's true. And I think I've just been uh, also I've been just fucking uh, stressed out, and you know, just because I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. stressed out because I'm not as famous, and I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to do this, you know, this high quality stuff, and I, I just have like some things looming over my head, and I'm just like, uh, yeah,
2: you know, we've, <clears throat> we've talked about it. We both got things. We both got things. I've been a bit stressed lately as well. Um, yeah, the last week and a half has been crazy, just like nonstop uh, things going on, social occasions and I really like having a lot of downtime and time to myself. And actually this might be a thing to talk about. I'm kind of curious your perspective on it. Um, when it comes to the heart life, so the keyword is balance and for me it's really difficult to balance the art life and the life life so i'm either like hermiting really hard and a little bit depressed but super productive with comics and art and that's kind of like my happy zone or i'm like have a lot of like things I have to do to be out in the world or say I'm traveling and then that's when I kind of have the most fun but it's really difficult for me to draw or get anything done at those times and I've always had a difficult time striking a balance between the two like a normal week should be you know you work nine to five on your art and then go have dinner with friends or something and it's really difficult for me to find that balance.
1: Same. And mine, mine is never, it's, it's it's not consistent. Um, and I actually, I, I, I get really anxious when I'm, when I'm far away from the means of making the thing. So if, if I'm taken out of that for whatever reason, I, I, I just, I'm usually pretty anxious and I, and just any anymore I think if, if I'm if I'm someplace I don't wanna be, then I just I really fucking don't wanna be there. Like where I think, you know, when I was younger I was able to just kind of be more patient and yeah. and and suffer through shit I didn't like. And now I am just I'm losing my patience. If I if I if I'm somewhere I don't wanna be, then I'm I just I might lose it. I might and yeah. I kinda, I've been having a lot of losing it moments and breaking yeah. things and not just being really angry and and I'll, yeah it's losing my cool
3: but Me also too. not i don't Me know
2: too. yeah very much so like if i have to sorry moving around a little here um yeah if i have to be if i have to do like i have to go to the fucking DMV and i have to do this boring shitty thing and i'm it's just like a week of that that's when I get like truly, truly depressed when I don't have time and space and energy to make stuff. Because that is just the best thing. It's my favorite thing. And I can, yeah, easily have a meltdown as well if there's too much of that kind of thing. Because um, it is
1: it is our whole life. I mean this is this is what we devoted our fucking life to. So when things get in the way, it's like you're you're taking away our, our oxygen. Or whatever the the thing is that it isn't that is yes. is in the way.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lately, I've I've in my mind framed it like this, which is that making stuff is the best high there is. It's part of why I've never had, never really had serious issues with drugs or alcohol. Like I definitely have addictive tendencies, but it all goes basically into being a workaholic with the comics because there's nothing better than like finishing a page, finishing a story, finishing a book, but it's also endless. It's not really satisfying. It's still, you know, I finish the thing, but I'm thinking about the next three or four things. Yes. Eager to jump into those like, uh, what's it called? Um, writer's block has never been an issue for me. That's not something I understand at all because if anything it's just finding the time and energy to do like the 20 projects that i want to do and i i'm i imagine you're similar
1: yeah pretty much like where i, I have i just have one of my notebooks are stacked and filled of, of things that I, i'm intending on, on doing and yeah there is that when i'm working on shit it's I am thinking about like, oh, I want to do this, and then I'm, I have to stop. You know, I stop working on something so I can write down the new, th- the next thing I'm gonna be gonna do, and exactly. then, <laughs> and, and then it's. I'm also, I, mean, I guess the last few years is trying to get, uh, and I think I'm getting there, where, I can just jump into the thing because yeah, it's, the major concern. Or what's most important to to you and I is to have that time and the space to do the thing. Yes. And uh, I here's a, a problem that I that I've had, and i and I'm and I have to fight, you know, to get over it and to. And I have inconsistent luck with combating this. Is sort of the the hesitancy, or okay, just. How do I, how do I put this? Okay. Cause like I said, I got like food poisoning brain, but, uh, okay. Let's say there's a, I have a day and I wake up, let's say at 6am, 6 6 a. 6am. I don't, I usually don't. And I want, and I have work to do. I have the shit to do. It may take me, it may, it could take me five minutes to get started on it. Or I may end up like fucking doing a bunch of busy work and other things. Besides doing the besides starting on the project or the artwork for hours, right? right. For, for I mean, hours, and I was like, and the things I know what I have to do, it's all fucking thumbnailed out. I know I can do it because it's, I, I see it in my mind. And I've been wanting to do it. And now I have the time to do it, but there's something that is blocking me from it's, I mean, it's, it's no shortage of the ideas or the, or the capability to do it, but there's just something that is keeping me from actually, do it. it's almost like it's holding my fucking hand back.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you described that on a podcast or maybe on the symposium thing recently. And I thought that was interesting that, yeah, it could take you hours to get like click into that zone and I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I, I think, yeah, we're kind of opposite in different ways as far as, like, work, work methods and stuff. Like, I wake up and I need to make my bed, have breakfast, and just, like, have things kind of neat and tidy and in order. But that doesn't take too long. Just, you know, like, an hour or two in the morning and then I'm ready to work. And for me, it's it's more like going to a job. It's just like, I, may, I usually don't feel inspired, but it's like now is the time to sit down and do this. So I sit down, listen to music, and start working. And it might be like, you know, it might be a struggle the entire period that I'm working, or hopefully I click into the zone where it's just flowing you know and fun Um, but one way or another every day I pretty much get the same amount of work done and it's not that much either like these days I probably do like two hours in the morning an hour in the afternoon and an hour or two at night while I eat dinner working like four or five hours a day but that's all the energy that I have for it and there's just a lot of other things that i need to do to kind of maintain my mental health and stuff whereas when i was a teenager and in my 20s i could work 8 10 12 hours a day i could draw until four in the morning and that is just not possible anymore but i think are you still like do you still stay up late drawing Is your schedule kind of does it fluctuate
1: yeah my, my my schedule actually just it's never well I mean sometimes I'll get into a decent schedule where let's say I think this is my optimal schedule. If I wake up at eleven pm <laughs> eleven pm to 3 a.m that's when my day will start and then you know stay up work, draw, whatever, this and that it's clean, et cetera, organize stack, go to the post office, whatever. And then go to sleep between like uh, seven and nine. So like, if I, I would prefer if I just get like maybe f- between four and six hours of sleep, but kind of way I'm awake for longer than twenty four 24 hours. Wow. Okay. And then, and if I, if I'm, but if I'm in a real my, and here's the thing is often. You know, I think I'm catching myself saying, here's the thing. So here's the thing. Anyway, I'll keep fucking saying, I'll keep. Here's the <laughs> thing. Here's that thing. I, I actually. Uh, the fuck was I even what's, thinking? What's the thing, Victor? What? The thing is uh, a film directed by John Carpenter starring Kurt
2: Russell and
1: et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> actually, I love that movie. I always think, I think about that movie, but at least uh, three times a day. It's the one thing. of the greatest.
2: It's one of the greatest.
1: Um. So I yeah when I'm I schedule I, sometimes schedule. I I I get I get probably the most inspired and the most jazzed to do shit or I feel that, that fucking flowy state whatever where it's like the the I mean if where the where the inspiration feels as real as as I'm a, as, a, as I'm holding a body or a uh, or eating food like it's really something like and i and i get that feeling when i should be going to sleep and then i'm <laughs> if i feel that way like this is when the this is when the magic you know that's when i've channeled something that's when i'm i'm tapped into my own inner space and perhaps something outside of my own mind and yeah, yeah. and and then and then i will not allow myself and then i'm too, then i'm too excited and i won't allow myself to sleep and right. then i and then maybe and i i mean i will i i catch myself like whoa uh where i've been awake you know for 24 30 36 hours and i'm like oh i've been i've been drawing for 18 20 hours or 20 or longer wow. and that and uh, then then i i think well this is i don't even want to go to sleep but then i have to kind of force myself to wind down and and right. And to, so, I, so I don't, you know, because I don't want to be one of those cases where the person says, oh, you know, I because I, there was a, there was a, some story or maybe it was just some fucking fake Internet thing where a woman said, like, uh, she she had posted, I just got I just completed 30 hours of work and I, everything's handy dandy or whatever the fuck that she said. And then and then that person allegedly died. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, that, well, that's I. But I mean, I do love working that.
2: But if you work like if you if you have an 18-hour spell, do you then? Is there the risk that you're going to lose the next like 48 hours because you're so behind on sleep? Like, are you going to sleep for 16 hours and then wake up all fucked up and then it takes a long time to get back to that zone?
1: Yeah, that happens too. But another thing, I'll be dead tired. In half, and oh, some weird. Okay, you're anyway. I got some weird. You, were, work on you my phone. out
2: a little bit.
1: Um, yeah, but I was awake. I was awake for a, a day and a half, and I'm like, I'm dog tired. I'm like, yes, and I, I'm gonna. I'm thinking I'm gonna go to sleep, and I'm gonna stay asleep for a while, and that's gonna be great. I I lay down, and I sleep for two hours, and then I'm wide awake, and I'm like. Holy fucking shit! So then I had to. So that I, so then, what I did is, then I stayed up the whole day, and then went on okay. into. uh So I went on into the into the next day and stayed up till seven p.m., or no eight p.m., and then I slept from eight p.m. till eight in the morning, the next day, the day after that. So, I mean, I ended up like you know, get barely getting any sleep, and then kind of catching up. Right, right. Yeah, so I guess the only consistency is inconsistency with sleep.
2: Yeah, we are opposite. I, I need to be super boring in my life. Like, I need eight hours of sleep. I need to exercise every day. I'm very regimented in when, when I work and eat and everything. But, you know, that's what works for me, and everyone's different. So, yeah, whatever works for you.
1: It doesn't. The thing is, it doesn't it? Doesn't work that great for me. So I think I actually like. What I, if
2: What if you tried the boring Josh uh, routine?
1: I'm gonna. Thing is, I'm gonna try it, man. I think I really, yeah. I do, I need to try it. I guess just because, to prove my you know, life.
2: Stuff like your circadian rhythm and you know waking up with the sun and like you know that's that, that that's all kind of boring to hear but it's true it's like that helps with depression and anxiety these things we're prone to as artists and um yeah it's worth a shot
0: yeah might as well
1: maybe this will be my healthy year where i i and i always kind of you know especially like when i'm if i'm like on my 10th drink i'm thinking yeah i'm gonna change every tomorrow is gonna be a new day and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna i'm gonna do my jumping jacks and 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch the adult films, and I'm, you know what I mean. I'm gonna be I'm gonna do make healthier choices, and I, I, you know, I I get into, you know, I get all these fanciful thinkings of of, like I'm gonna, whatever, I'm gonna fucking jog and all this shit, and I, and then I don't. Right.
2: I mean, but it's also could be that that's how my neuroses manifest. That like they can't help but manifest like this, and you might have a whole different set of neuroses that. So, the, sh- the way you live your life is completely different, but I mean, it's worth a shot, you know, it's worth trying,
1: right? And I guess, you know, my how mine, uh, I guess my manifestations are how that is, it's it's indicative of a of of just kind of how I am, like I am, I'm like uh, I'm open for the adventure, you know, to to not be on the schedule to you know to to kind of do something crazy if i have to do the, something really crazy and right. and i feel like the more that i've registered like like uh regimenting myself kind of threatens that very way of life
2: yeah yeah it might not work for you
1: but i mean the thing is that's also like really kind of like irresponsible and and it's also it's not necessarily all true like if, if i you know if i if i actually if I start doing some some of these more healthier or making some more of these healthier choices, it doesn't mean I can't go off and do something wild and crazy and fruity. And you know, I can I can still have I can have both. It's just yeah. I'm kind of I'm just on a I'm a fucking extremist on accident,
2: right? Or or I intentional. Understand. Like that's that's why I have to make my life really regimented because I can easily get into very extreme moods and. Yeah, I kind of like have to, it's also like a middle-aged thing, like the, you know, being an artist at 45, like I'm definitely reflecting on it a lot, and how completely absurd it is, fucking ridiculous that I'm still doing this, still making mini comics like I did when I was 16, like 30 years ago, and that's how I'm, that's my life, you know, it's like completely ridiculous, and yeah, I had to make some changes through my 30s and into my 40s because you're coming up on middle age and, and it, can be, it can just wear you out and it can be really bad for you mentally in a lot of ways in part because of the society we live in or whatever, the country we live in where art and artists are not valued unless you work in TV and movies. Um, so that's all to say. You know, it's worth a shot. I can, I can, I can make up a like a, a nice schedule of my day if you want to try to, uh, to apply any of that to your life.
1: Yeah, let's run down the
2: the, art the, the
1: yeah the
2: Joshua Hall regimen, like a standard day. Yeah, let's
1: do a standard day.
2: Okay, let me try to do this quick. Uh, I usually wake up like 7, 7.30. I have a little routine in the morning where I meditate for 10 minutes, write and draw a little bit in my sketchbook and read a little bit on paper before I look at the phone. Do not look at the phone first thing in the morning because that just spins out your brain. You're instantly in the, you know, short attention span, internet zone. When you do that, and then make breakfast, make the bed and get everything ready so i can draw for two hopefully two or a little more hours in the morning and then um then i usually read a little bit more lie down for a little bit before lunch and then lunch and during lunch i'll usually eat and work a little bit if i can and then two o'clock is exercise time So if it's nice out, I will take a jog. If it's raining, I will do yoga or like a cardio workout off of a YouTube video. And then come back and rest and read for another hour or so. Make dinner around four or five. And then usually with dinner, I get another hour or two of work in while listening to music, watching stuff on YouTube. And then eight o'clock. Well, yeah, 7 is, like, shower time, and then 8 o'clock is, I'm, like, completely wiped out. I also have a thyroid thing, which makes it so that I have, like, chronic fatigue. So I'm always battling that. So by 8, I'm just totally wiped out every day. And so that's, like, TV time, chill. The last few years it's been with the roommate, watch a good movie or some TV. And then usually get in bed around ten and read, fall asleep by eleven, and wake up and repeat the next day. That's it.
1: God damn, dude. Well, you got—I mean, you got a good a good thing, and you're not—you uh, don't allow whatever your neuroses are, the things to. Uh... Well,
2: I, I have to. Like, if I get off that schedule, the neuroses become overwhelming and then I can't draw and it's a struggle and it's, it's rough. So for me, I've found that that works. Yeah.
1: Damn. It makes, it makes me want Listening listen to you. It makes me want to jump out the window. Not because, not because <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because, because then I think of like how I do things and how inconsistent it is. And, and like, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, I like, can I even fucking help myself? And then also like, sometimes I really snap into, Sobriety and to like and to being a, a regular human being. And I'm like, what the fuck did I do with my whole goddamn life? Why am I so fucking retarded? And that's me jumping out the window.
2: Ah! <laughs> I know. So. Yeah, we're, we're very different people in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. If you want to try to tweak in any way and try any of that stuff, you know, let me know how it goes. I'm aware it sounds, like, very boring, but, you know, it's like the proof is in the pudding. Like, I'm very prolific, Um, and so, and I need that, because I've also always tried to have, like, a boring life (laughs) so that I could just work, but it's just, it seems like there's always, like, insane bullshit happening in my life and all.
1: Yeah, it always happens if there's other people in your life. Then you're gonna expect to have some expect to have some sort of drama.
2: It, well, here's the thing. So related to so you and me, the Bat Book. You did three beautiful pinups for the Dream of the Bat Book. That I was we,
1: honored. We, I was we honored put out to last do it.
2: year. Yeah, we and we. I loved what you did. It was great to have you in there. But you know, if you look at that book, like I'm basically Batman. I'm like the control freak. Not Batman. He's not Batman. He's the Bat. You know, he's the bad. I am the control freak, uh, uptight, crazy person. And I always have like a joker in my life. I've dated a lot of jokers, not joker, joke, man. Sorry.
3: Always,
2: <laughs> and you're, you're one of my joke, Men. you know, you're one of the joke men I've had in my life. And I think that's why, you know, we've, we've hung out a few times over the years. We've never lived in the same city, but we've bumped into each other a bunch of times and, which I'm grateful for. But I tend to have friends who are like really extroverted, insane people. And I'm like the super introverted control freak, insane person. So I'm grateful for all the joke men that I've known. And I'm, and I'm, very,
1: I'm Yeah, no, totally, man. Cause, uh, it's well, it's, and I, I can see where I'm, I'm a, and you know, a joke man needs a bat a bad person.
3: Yes. It's,
2: it's an opposites attract thing. Like I need, like when I was in the circus, like I was the quiet accountant looking guy, but I'm surrounded by utter depravity and madness, you know? And there's a part of me that is that as well. But there's a part of me that just like thrives on sitting quietly, like surrounded by just completely crazy people.
1: Yeah, I guess I've only like yeah. You, you told me that you have a, a, a history of, of dating uh, of of only of only dating jokes of of joker of joking people people who are the the jokes. And no,
2: no, I think I have a pretty wide range. I've dated very extroverted, more joke man types who are like fabulous ladies but I've also dated very very introverted types who are more my personality and that's been a lifelong struggle I don't know what the right thing is I'm single currently but um I don't know I think about that should I be with somebody who's more like my personality or should I be with somebody who's very very extroverted I don't know I don't know what makes sense because it seems like there's problems either way you know what about you? Have you dated bats mostly?
1: I guess maybe in comparison, they would be called bats. And then at least one, at least one crazy one that I've only had. I've only you know had the fortune to uh, be with one person who who hit me and screamed at me, uh, literally bit me in the face, mm-hmm. <laughs> threatened to kill me. Oh man, that was fun. I mean, no. I mean, I. I mean, I say that, and I'm like, I've, I've never, I, I mean, co- comparatively to other women, I've been the joke man. But then I, I think that I, I met a covert joke man who was like beyond, mm. was, uh, was beyond,
2: even right. more of a joke man than you.
1: In, a, in their own, in their own way, people think I'm crazy, and I actually, in a way, like I do think that I'm a bit conservative. I think I'm kind of, you know, what mm. I just am. I'm, you know, I'm, but I'm, I'm also I.
2: So you're I a think, red pill, right winger, conservative.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm a, Tucker I'm a, bro. Yeah. I'm total, total t- uh, Tucker. Tucker I, wear, I wear a Tucker hat.
2: Tight.
1: <laughs> I wear, I wear tighty white. Yeah. I only have, I only have condom sex by myself. My incel game is strong. That um, reminds
2: yeah. me. Can I talk about why you're great for a little bit?
1: Uh-oh. Well, uh oh. Well, yeah. Or if, did, if, did you want to
2: finish the lady friend story?
1: No, no. I, yeah, no. I don't really have, even have a story behind that. You know, but, uh, but I would say you can, you can. End it with something that is disparaging of in mind of my name.
2: Okay, I'll try. I'll try to aim for that. Um, you talking about being in your underwear just reminded me of when I came to visit you in Iowa. I think it was two thousand. Well, 13, 2013, yeah, because it was, because we went to cake together. Yes. And, and I remember when I got to your house, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be like some ramshackle, you know, neighborhood of, like, insanity. But it's actually a very nice neighborhood. It's was, like, Dubuque was very lovely, very, you know, green and a lot of brick buildings, beautiful spring, summer day. And I get to your house, and you come out. Wearing only a pair of like brief, briefs underwear, <laughs> and just smiling like uh, you just look like a big happy baby, just like so pleased with yourself, like chuckling to yourself <laughs> <laughs> in a pair of underwear in this nice suburban neighborhood. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. I need to draw that actually. That could be like a, I could do like a six foot painted portrait of that if I had the time and energy. Um. <laughs> And But, like, your work in particular, like, I wanted to try to articulate this, like, what I like about it so much, which is, you know, kind of the secret about you is that you're actually a very sensitive and intelligent person, but you have this, like, kind of persona as, like, a barbarian, basically, which you are, I think that's part of you as well, but... You know, the two of the comics years I think about a lot are the one from Kramer's five, was it five or six?
1: I, I think six.
2: Six. Kramer's six. And Bittersweet Romance, because those are two of the longer, more ambitious things you've done. And, you know, I think about, like, structure a lot. I Like, when I read something, I, you know, I, I like to, when I'm done with it, reflect on, like, the overall structure and trajectory of it and narrative and both of those comics start with just like just gonzo like if you're into gonzo art and like crazy humor offensive humor you do a lot of that especially back in the day and it's like it's also like difficult to read like your stuff is like um you know tends not to have panels it's like the the fucking panels are all melting together and you have to kind of like really spend time with it to parse it and to read it. Which I think can be a little bit of an obstacle for some people, but it's worth it because you're reading it and it's like, it's so repulsive, like bittersweet romance. It's just like men and women and you're just like diving into the most misogynistic, like nasty relationship stuff. But both of those comics, there's like a turn where you're like machine gunning the the reader with, with insanity and like gnarliness. But there's a point where you're, 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 you're like reflecting. And I feel like you're trying to figure out why you're the way you are. And there's a lot of like introspection that goes on as you read those comics. And in particular, uh, what I got from bittersweet romance, I don't want to get too personal necessarily, but like, things in your life that shaped the way you are and your, your attitude about certain things. And yeah, I think you're a little underappreciated in that sense. Like people love the Gonzo Victor, but I don't know if they necessarily pick up on the depth of a lot of your, your work. And I think, I think there's a lot to it. I'm trying to think of something to say to, to tear you down now. Or what if I just leave it with something nice? How about that? How does that feel?
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, hey, I think I'm actually excited because I. Uh, well, I mean, well, you, you, I don't, I don't remember coming out of my underpants, but I, I know that's something that's I would do. That that's something that I would do. You know, I, I would, I would, yes. come out. Oh, I would, you don't,
2: you don't remember that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think in a way that I, I think that I maybe I could. And and if you I did... You
2: had such a warm smile. You just looked like a giant toddler, a giant happy <laughs> toddler. You looked like kind of one of those fucking Garbage Pail Kids from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you looked like the baby, the overgrown baby from... I just saw that movie for the first time in a theater. And it's incredible. But yeah, you're basically the Garbage Pail Kid baby.
1: I was like, yeah, that movie is a movie is a uh, uh, this great memory of uh, magic. I was because yeah, I've played on Showtime. I think I think maybe the air date was around like nineteen eighty nine or something, and it was playing on Showtime and and so the but the but it was dinner time and the family all got together, you know, all the all my siblings and and at, at first like my dad was watching the. He was watching I mean we were all kind of like just kind of transfixed with it because you had these these you know these big obnoxious fucking characters with their snot and their piss. Oh and, my
2: god. There's so and, many fluids. Yeah, they're constantly pissing and snotting and vomiting and there's shit. The kid gets doused and shit oh. in the <laughs> sewer. Like he's he's covered with like like flecks of shit. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: I just, I just like I, I can't. Maybe it was like a scene that it must have been a scene that involved like eating snot or snot or just one of those fucking snot expulsion or piss, and my dad just saying,
0: "Turn that fucking shit off."
3: And
1: and then yeah, so one of us, you know, uh, uh, ran to the TV and turned it up. You know, went to the converter. I think that's what you call. Is that what you used to call the converter box where you would change the channel Mm. on top of a TV?
2: Cable box, I
1: think that's what we would call it. Yeah, yeah, what, the channel changing box. Yeah, we didn't. we, yeah, we didn't. We, never, we didn't have a remote control. It was a box on top. You, you
3: mm.
1: would, uh, you'd hit the buttons. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I would recommend that that, that book. And,
2: that book?
1: That movie? I mean that movie. And yeah. I would also recommend the adventures of Dream of the Bat. Yay! Yay! Because this, this book will take you up and down and all around. And I actually I would I will say that that last installment I didn't see that coming, and okay. I thought that was. I, and I don't want to spoil it. That's the thing is like, uh, and also I, I want to like do you the, the the nicety and the favor of of you know you know blowing your horn and saying like you know you're great for this reason or great for that reason. Well, I am just
2: because I know... Look, I, I took things... This isn't the usual route for the I Live with the Kairos Like My Doofy Bitch podcast. It's usually, you know, it's getting together and zinging each other. Zing, zong, zam. And I'm just, like, saying nice things to you. I apologize for that. I apologize for bringing it to a screeching halt by being earnest and, you know, gushy. But And so you totally do not have to do that to me. You can zing me the rest of this talk if you want. But...
1: No, I do want people to buy the book and to fully immerse themselves and, and grow with you and the adventures of, of Mr. Bat.
2: Oh, well, that was the other thing, actually. It's, it's another nice thing. I apologize. But you texted me just a very se- – I think it was just one sentence about what you got from that last chapter of that book. And you summed up what I was going for better than anyone else better than any long you know reviews i read or what anyone else said like you completely understood it so um it makes sense because as different as we are in our neuroses and stuff like we also both write about a lot of similar thematic and you know material and subject matter and so you know you just complete i'm not going to say what it was because i also want people to enjoy it and get what they get out of it but yeah, you completely nailed what I was going for with that last story.
1: And you see that, folks?
2: I'm not that fucking
1: stupid. Although, <laughs> uh, kinda. But I mean, you know, I did, I, I did, I, I really, I felt that one, and it was, it was sort of the, the, the kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those reoccurring kick in the, in the nuts. I think that, that I need. And so yeah, I don't without, without spoiling anything. Let's just yeah, with the, uh, because I think we, you know, it's I think that i'm i'm not a masochist although i've been accused of being a masochist mm-hmm. but like i know that there are certain you know ball kicks that i need to, i need to get them annually if not uh uh bi-weekly
2: sure right right yeah yeah, yeah bad book i made that freaking music video that was in absolutely insane amount of work and
1: folks, if you've never, if, okay, in, in tandem with the release of the Dream of the Bat, uh, Josh released a music video. I think that, in a way, was a bit of a homage to the 1989 uh, Prince music video that uh, endorsed the Tim Burton version of of a man who is a bat adventure man.
2: Right, right.
1: And this one not only has Josh being cute. And funny and choreographed and dancing, but you have again no spoilers. I mean, look, if I enjoyed it and if Josh made it, you know that it's worth seeing. So you need to just get off your fucking ass and then get back on your ass and sit down and then watch. Actually, how to tell people how they can watch this and what on YouTube to get there.
2: It is on the YouTube's channel. Just Google, or uh, just search Dream of the Bat. Dream of the Bat, Josh Simmons, if you want to be more precise and specific. Um, Yeah, it's just on YouTube, and the idea was to make a commercial slash music video for the book. I had never seen anyone do that. I mean, there's been some much less ambitious commercials made for books. Like Benjamin Mara did one that's really cool that has like an 80s aesthetic to it. I think he did it for Night Business. And Keck, my co-creator on the Bat Book, did a really cool little animated, uh, like one-minute commercial with original music by his friends for one of his books. But with this, it was just like, it needs to be like the epic goddamn godfather 2 of commercials for a graphic novel that also functions as like a work of art by itself and that you can also read the book and watch the music video and they interact in multiple ways which i don't want to spoil um and it was it took like a year to do altogether. uh it was incredibly challenging and expensive to make this thing that I was only going to put on YouTube. I can't make any money off it. Um, It's an original song that is a cover... Well, not an original song. It's a cover of Party Man by Prince by my friend Eric Blood, who's a great musician and producer and also a huge Prince fan, so it all worked out. And we've got, like, a three-minute choreographed dance sequence in the video, which was... Like, on top of everything else I was doing for the video, like, making the sets and costumes and everything, I had to learn that dance leading up (laughs) to the shoot. Like, practicing it every day, which... The dance... Because I'm... That's not... I wanted to, like, challenge myself by doing something that is scary to me, which is, like... And also something that I have no background in, which is, like, dance. And... I got a lot more appreciation for it. And of course, it was like way more difficult than I thought it would be. Fortunately, uh, I got Lara, my friend Lara Kamenoff in Seattle, who's also a cartoonist, to choreograph the dance. And she made some YouTube videos for us all to practice off of. And then I just like practiced every day for a month. And we all just kind of barely made it where we were, we, we had it down come the day of the shoot. And so we repeated that dance like 15 times, I think, or more. Recording it from all different angles and then edited it all together. But there's a ton of other little, like, gags and things going on in that video. So, yeah. I hope people see it and appreciate it because I put a lot into it.
1: Yeah, I want people to see it right now. And I will also say, put it on the record that, wait, the person who choreographed the dance, your friend Laura... Yeah, that's the one that I'm in love with, right? I watched the video, and I'm like, I was like, "Ooga." <laughs> yeah,
2: she's the lead dancer. She's she's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and she is with the fellow in the back of the dance. Uh. Who is also a very cool fellow. I'm sorry to inform you. <laughs> uh. He's also uh he's he's a big obuga type as well. Okay. <laughs> He's
1: a, he's a foxy fellow. <laughs> so, I, he could possibly convert me, and I'd be like, oh, I'm in love with them both.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: I've actually been on, on a, an Awuda campaign, like, I think the last year. I think, I think just to heal from a breakup, where I know that I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm not trying to be with anybody, and I haven't been with anybody. So... Instead of instead of doing that, I do like to kind of just show my affection and appreciation for for the fairer of us, the, the women, the women. Yes. So, like, if I if I'm on, even if it's some appear, you know, within the realm of of indie comics and, and alternative art space, I'll, I just like to kind of pop in there and just kind of give them an, an encouraging awuga, and uh, <laughs> you know and. And tell them how beautiful they are and how wonderful they are, and right. yeah, without you know. And hopefully, I'm not, uh, I'm not reviling anyone. I guess I don't know if that's if that's the term that I would use. Again, I have fucking food poison brain, and I think I need to throw some alcohol on it.
2: Right. Uh, I guess the concern with that stuff is like, oh, you're reducing me to my looks, da da da, which is understandable. I will just say, Lara is super cool. She's she did a great graphic novel called How to Win a Fight, I believe is the title, and she's, yeah, like, a super talented painter and cartoonist, and a great dancer, and, like, doing the dance thing was, like, a new challenge for her, which I think she really enjoyed, and everyone really enjoyed, so, whatever.
1: I love it, man. Hey, and you know what? Hey, just just by, you know, having this little extra conversation, we get to plug your friend
2: that's right yeah. yeah so
1: check out her stuff
2: yeah you can get her book through the amazons and all this stuff
1: fucking A, man, that just makes that makes my day when we when something something nice can come out of something i, I mean regardless of the size of whatever that's the nice what thing i'm here is. to
2: do i'm bringing the niceness you were complaining on social media lately recently about negative people that's why i come in here i'm like victor you're a great guy. You're a swell person. You're a great artist. Good stuff. Good things. That's what we're doing here. Okay. It's, a new, it's a new leaf for your podcast.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I kind of would just want to even just do like one episode where it's just like no curse words, no, no, no reducing women to their to their bodies, no, <laughs> no awugas, and just like saying nice things and having nice memories about the smile of a, of a grandfather or. A piggyback ride at summer camp yeah. Or, yeah,
3: I that.
1: or or are going to the uh, the Folsom State uh, what was it called the Fol- the Folsom Street fair are you <laughs> are you are you familiar with that <laughs> I am um, yeah yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the un- for the uninitiated the Folsom Street Fair is held uh, uh, annually in, in San Francisco oh, have you been there yeah
2: been to it? oh okay
1: Mike, i'd never seen anything like that in my life and it was the i uh, you know what speaking of reducing or you know maybe put uh, uh you know how men can men can put women into a into a feeling that they are unsafe and they're just in their own skin just just by being a woman by having you know uh, the 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 reproductive organs of a woman and and the outer body and the curves and etc and yes. I'd never felt like that before like a piece of meat but I remember I was in a drink <laughs> line and I fucking swear like some dude I I mean I had to like kind of like nudge this fucking guy away but he was like a group of people all you know leather clad and like fucking like and other guys trying to come come at me right you know But that's what you're there, you know what, I shouldn't have been, I necessarily, I mean, it it is, it's open to the public, and and it's open for everybody, of of every orientation, of every, of every gender, and we all know that there are two million different genders, and growing, so, and everybody's welcome to express themselves sexually in any way that they wish, but I think it is predominantly men who are jacked, and And wear sex gear and are there to do stuff with with other men, and that's not what I I mean. I just I I was I was shown this uh, by my friends. They said, Victor, you need to you need to see this because you're never like you think you think you've seen anything. You haven't seen anything yet. So yeah, I was like the seeing like you know people doing sex acts in public and and nude people of all stripes and and uh, and public sex games. It was. It was, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, anyone, go with, I mean, go with somebody. I'm not, I'm not trying to paint this place out, to, you know, someone's going to say, oh, he's painting, you know, he's a, a homophobic and he's and he's a hate monger and he's trying to, to say that this is a hateful place and like, or, you know, a place where that, that's dangerous to to men. And like, I'm not saying that, but. No, you love the gays. I mean, I love everybody. You know, everyone is, a, I potentially am in love with everyone. I mean, with their soul. And they could, and I, I'd like I would like to, I'd rather have more friends than enemies. To be honest, I'd rather to have no enemies. Uh, but it's, I would say, yeah. So, you know, anyone do your fucking, Do if you're not familiar with the Folsom Street Fair and Google it, Google the yeah. shit. Yeah. So it's fast, it's a, it's a fascinating world and actually would be a great place to have a booth and to sell work because it's all a bunch of gay guys with no kids. Yeah. And they want to buy shit there, and people are making bank there. So,
2: yeah, bring your family. Disney World's super pricey these days. Uh, you can basically walk around Folsom Street Fair for free, right? So, and yeah, I always find I've been hit on by men, and it's, I don't know, it's flattering. You know, there's no reason to, whatever. It's fine. You no, know, I mean, fun. I mean, I, don't, I don't,
1: I've, I've been I've been I've been flattered before but I was getting different and I'm not not every advance was a threatening one but there was just a couple instances where like dudes were fucking trying to play grabby with me right like, right, oh. right
2: just being like super aggressive so you actually feel like a piece of meat you can get a little bit of that perspective
1: right you know and I'm like oh fuck I never, so like I'm just I'm a little more I think that was I mean, you want to be the...
2: romanced you want it to be you know easy yeah yeah
1: yeah, or, you know. I actually, you know, I mean, if, if I, I'm trying to think. With, if I'm trying to imagine myself, if I was, if I was ever, I'd have to really be manipulated to, to fucking go against my own grain, to to ever, <laughs> I think, unless right. I'm unless I am like subconsciously and closetedly gay, I might be. That,
2: that could be. It could be. I, that's the thing I mean, is, you, that, you, you know, I dance one, around that a
1: lot. You know, well, every once in a while, you learn something about yourself, and you go, oh. Oh, this is what I, oh, I do that. So that means that I'm, I am actually this, Ugh. Yeah. or I have, I have this trait that's indicative of this personality type. Oh, I'm a personality type. Ugh. You mean there's more people like me? I'm just a, I'm just another fucking leaf blowing in the wind like anyone else. It's meaningless shit, but I'm just, I just, I, I whatever. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I'm not, you know?
2: Yeah. You're a sensitive soul. I know. That's what I, I, I hate- told you earlier
1: but when you think you know it's crazy to think that there are like there are people who who are uh, they are of a of a of a type of a person of a personality type
3: mm-hmm. right
1: and so that means you' and like you that you kind of you follow certain presets and it's almost like out of your control and I think like where i where, you know like when I was telling you about how i I hit that uh, uh I get to that part or where I have to fight against my own nature to like to to do to, to to draw to make art, I have to like I, I fight against this thing that's stopping me, mm-hmm. and so I almost feel like I'm I'm like I'm a hit like I'm at the fucking wall of whatever I am, and I'm I'm trying to break through it.
2: Right. You know, yeah, like- I mean, there's part of me that you know, being the age we're at, middle age and stuff is like there's you know, always this idea of reaching some kind of better version of yourself or ideal version of yourself. And I think part of middle age is just like accepting you're always going to be kind of fucked up to some degree in the ways that you are and trying to make peace with that Um, rather than chasing this ideal version of yourself. I think that's something I've been trying to settle into i guess recently well god damn anyway, i know all
1: this I... <laughs> yeah I was, gonna... I was gonna say like i you know what i've yet to actually try to uh, reach for that i <laughs> <laughs> in, in a way You're just... i i think that well i guess i just wanted to like, just draw this shit and kind of hopefully that magically like my life kind of i i can still be alive to do more of it but I should be thinking right. a little bit more realistically and more outside of that because I guess, yeah, we're, you know, cause we are getting older.
2: Yeah. Yes. And no, but I mean, that's part of what we do is like, we have to be somewhat delusional and <laughs> I don't know. That's always, again, the balance thing is like balancing the delusion of like thinking what we're, what we have to say is worth sharing with the world. And, but it's also for me. It's like completely compulsive, it's something I have to do, which I imagine is similar for you. Um, yeah, but I find yeah. It. There's, there's. You know, our parents worry. Um, probably our moms have similar perspectives and have said similar things over the years about like having a normal life. <laughs> and I've I've never been good at the normal life thing, so. I don't know. Somehow we've both made it this far, and we're still doing what we do, and that is nothing to sneeze at. Because many, many people never chase or realize their dreams at all. You know.
1: Right, and I,
2: yeah, it's, I, I, you know, it's a great reminder.
1: You know, to yourself, or you know, for both of us, really, that there are some people—people people that never. That never try to do something outside of their comfort zone, or even or even lean into their real comfort zone, or or make what they want to make. Right. They just don't. They don't. They don't try. They don't do it. And they would. They wouldn't dream of doing what we do. Just like there are th- certain things that people are out there doing, living some crazy, amazing, beautiful life that they are. They're you know they're living beyond us and doing amazing fucking super crazy super shit. That we're that we are not capable of doing or not willing to do, to live that life. Mm. But you know, to somebody else, you, you and I are fucking crazy, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> Woohoo! From
2: perspective. Yeah. Uh, life stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Was there any comic stuff we were going to talk about? Any comic stuff?
1: Comic stuff. Um, comic stuff. Comic stuff. Is there uh, anything
2: you've read that you? really enjoyed recently as far as comics
1: let's say uh I, I i was actually given I, I i got a stack of books um i went to the the iowa city it's called the ice cream the iowa city alternative press expo i nah, i've been back. back for maybe three weeks four weeks and I just haven't gotten a chance to to go through it yet I mean all of it yet, but I did read a book by a couple, and I thought it was just really it was really cute by uh Alex Knoll and his and his girlfriend or unless I mean, they may be married let me actually look at it but it's it's sort of it's not the antithesis of bearsweet romance, but it's no it kind of is because it's really like two a man and a woman who are really together uh. And, okay, yeah, she's Hannah Larson, is, uh, she, Hannah Larson and Alex Knoll, so it's Knoll's well that ends well, and Knoll's fair and love and, yeah, war. And so they're, like, these really cute, funny, and sexy uh, sex comics, I mean, relationship sex romance comics, so it is, like, it is kind of the antithesis of Bittersweet Romance, and I was, it was just kind of nice to see something like that. So I, I, I met the couple, and so yeah, I I really enjoyed that. I've I so got it's a,
2: mostly like a positive depiction of their marriage, their relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's nothing. If, if, if there's only there's nothing negative about it. It's just all. I mean, it's it's naughty, but that's not negative. You know, oh, it's graphic. I mean, it, it kind of, but but it's not. It's it's still tasteful.
3: Yeah, you know cool. what I mean. So yeah. that's, I,
1: I do like, I can, I, and I, I, pre, I can, I can appreciate that. And I do, and I like to even maybe try to fucking channel that myself, uh, to do stuff that is maybe more implied and, uh, and to pace things maybe a little bit differently. But like right now I'm working on, uh, the conclusion to bittersweet romance. Right. So I have several different versions of the fucking thing. Um, Oh, actually, before but you asked me, you said, like, who else
2: have I been reading? I've been
1: really enjoying uh, long boxes and stuff by um, Nate McDonough.
2: Oh, yeah, my roommate gets his minis, so I read most of them. I've read a lot of the recent issues. Yeah, they're really good. It's really funny.
1: Yeah, it's like he does. I like like the mix of the diary comic. And also, I think it's cool because it's also educational. Of like like doing and doing and him living and doing that life that he actually does live and do and eat, breathe, etc. Comics and what it and what that requires, and how you live and and I think accurate depictions of how a person lives their life as a as an artist who travels and does this and and right,
2: right. Uh, yeah, because you know, his life is insane. It's like how he makes money is like going to comic shops and but he doesn't even have a car, right? He's carrying like these long boxes of comics in his backpack on his bike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is just insane and like selling comics on eBay like yeah i res- i respect that like, any anyone who can kind of find their own path outside of you know working at walmart or whatever it's like good for you it's great
1: and, and you know and have you done have you done some eBay stuff at all
2: i haven't no, no. I, I
1: i did get into that like a uh, like about a year ago, I'm like, I'm gonna try it, and I, you know, I had some luck. I mean, I didn't, I didn't become rich off it or anything, but it's, it's like a, it's a weird taxing chore because it is like it's not fun to do. I mean, it is fun. What is fun though, when you start to see people like are viewing your your item, you can see when people are viewing, and then you're also notified, or no, not necessarily notified, but you see, you can check, you know, periodically within the app. That people are have bid, so that, yeah, you're you're. I believe you are notified when when I haven't I haven't sold anything in a while, but but you see when people fucking bid and then there's like a little bidding war and then it really heats up in the last hour or the last fucking five minutes. Click, bling, bling. It's a, it's people competing over to the ownership of your of your item and then you watch the the money count get bigger. So that's when it's fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's but but it like posting shit and you know you're doing all these di- i don't know that that part isn't as much fun but i think what i what i do i have to do is like i convince myself that some things are more fun than they are or i don't know you know cuz I, I i really <laughs> that's part of like maybe part of your i don't know if you have if you have a little bit of the peter pan thing like what we were talking about before where things that take us away from doing the thing that we love the most, which is our artwork. Like we're fucking, we become depressed and anxious and, uh, you know, intolerant of whatever that thing is. That's impeding us from sitting at the desk and doing our, doing the love of our life. Yeah. And that can be a woman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what bittersweet romance is all about. Right.
1: I mean, that that's, that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, (laughs) (laughs)
2: well I mean there's yeah I mean that's part of why my romantic life has been tumultuous is that yeah the art thing (sighs) tends to be a struggle the art versus the lady thing and I'm trying to get better with that balance as I get older I think I am getting better with it Um, yeah that's definitely an issue know like yeah i look at happy couples who i don't know you can't you can't give yourself entirely to to comics you have to live in the world some too and i'm saying that for my own sake because that's a struggle it's a real struggle it's true
1: yeah man i think maybe i i'm trying to think of what my I'm here. I'm looking for my fucking keys, but I was thinking like I probably had it made or really good when I when you came to visit the first time. I think yeah, when you came in 2013, and I was I was with the that partner who you who you know, and But also, she's an artist, and so like we could comfortably spend most of our time
2: one well, thing.
1: And but 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 if you're dating somebody who isn't an artist or doesn't have a hobby and feels jilted or lonely when you have to, you know, it's 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 requisite that we spend many hours to ourselves.
2: Yes. Yes. And
1: if they're not an artist and they don't have a hobby, they don't get.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's key, like it could be an extroverted person an introverted. It doesn't matter. I think what's key is like meeting somebody who has something. They don't have to be an artist necessarily, but they have to be very passionate about something that takes a lot of time. I think that's, that's the key because a normal person, a sane person likes to live a nice full life. And we have to, we have to dedicate like most of our time and energy to this thing because it's something we have to do. Um, And it's not normal, you know, like when I try to date somebody who wants a pretty normal, straightforward life, like they end up unhappy because I am obsessive about making art. But I have to do it. So, yeah, I think that is that would be key for like future relationships.
1: When you get into a fight with one of these uh, relationship uh, women things, do you, you ever just like stop and just say, look, I'm the artist,
0: I'm a a great artist
2: oh god I mean probably embarrassingly some version of that yeah I mean no I don't know yeah when I'm sure especially when I was like in my 20s early 30s I said some stuff that was like just abominable I'm sure (laughs) I don't even. I don't want to I don't want to think about it Victor do we have anything else to talk about? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm just trying to think. Of, I'm just trying to ma- like uh, remember if I've ever been, or maybe what the cringiest thing I said that pertained to my my occupation. Um, I was.
2: I've put. I've put like whenever I write. I tend to write characters who are like the absolute worst version of me, so I've probably put the worst fucking things that I've ever said in most of my comics, in some form, as like kind of a way of exercising it. So it's all in there if you want to dig around for it.
1: Yeah, I think I can relate too, and I suppose that's what I. (laughs) (laughs) I'm yeah, I'm guilty of that shit because then I'm like, oh, and every once in a while. I'm reminded of something that I did and I go, Oh, I get a little, I get a little nervous,
2: you know? Oh yeah. Well, that, that's a good point. Like I think part of, that means you're maturing. This is good because I think part of middle age is like, so I don't trust anyone who, only like their their description of themselves in the world their narrative of the world is that they are the one who is put upon all the time and everyone else is always out to get them you know what i mean i don't trust people like that because everyone is capable of and everyone has been awful at some time or another and it's it's very seductive it's very like easy and attractive to be the victim like that's sort of encouraged in this culture in a lot of ways and I think people would be better off if they kind of owned up to how they can be awful you know and there's been many times I've been terrible you know Um, and I think yeah that's a part of maturing is like recognizing that and facing up to that so I think you're a very mature individual, Victor
1: not nearly as mature as alt cartoonist to the stars, Joshua Hall Simmons (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go, <laughs> <Wait, wait, wait. laughs> <laughs> Josh! Go, Josh! Go, Josh!
1: Butter churn, doing the butter churn dance. Yay! I fucking I I love it. We're having, you know what? <sighs> we're uh, we're breaking ground here on today's episode. Yeah. I, I, I thought that I was gonna say something, but I'm like, what? What is it? What was I possibly gonna say?
2: Well, I got a thing to share. Please. Um, I went to a comedy show last night, and so this week I saw Bo is Afraid on Tuesday night. Do you know this movie? I've heard of it. Right, Ari Oster's new movie. And I, last night I went to a comedy show with Sarah Squirm, Patty Harrison, and Meg Callisto? That's not her last name. Meg something. And both... I can't help but like compare these to the movie and the comedy show because they were both like much younger artists, like 10, 15 years or so. And they were both like extremely challenging, uh, obscene, uh, like confrontational, uh, the movie and the comedy show were both those things. And, you know, there's all these conversations about, can't make jokes anymore about anything Eh, the younger generation like this kind of bullshit and i just don't buy it because you know i just experienced these two great this movie and the show that were like very very challenging and i don't know that's a whole lot i'd be getting too tired to get into this whole conversation but to try to sum up my perspective or put a pin in it is like i think there's always a place for confrontational or transgressive art which I think we both do and you can do it and not come from a place that's regressive you know and I think that I'm doing that I think I'm threading that needle I think it's tricky it's a tightrope walk but whenever I hear these sorts of conversations like fucking Rogan does it he's a fucking idiot that oh cancel culture you can't say anything anymore I just do not buy it I mean I think it's there's some truth to it but i don't know i've never had an easier time finding the kind of art that i like and i know that the kind of art i make i have several publishers who will put it out you know like i just don't see censorship or whatever existing in those terms again this is a big topic it's complicated i didn't necessarily want to get into it but
1: well, I, I, yeah, you know, and you're right. I, I think it is over overhyped because, you know, we
4: because
1: we, a, a lot of our existence is on social media. So then we see it. And so it yeah. seems like it's more of a thing than what it is. And right. when you,
2: you, you just see the loudest voices on social media
1: and you, and, you, and you go onto the world, you know, or whatever you go to the bar or you go to the, whatever the restaurant or the social gathering or whatever, or, or your peers or, or, or people that aren't that don't do what you do. And they they're not hung up on all this shit. And they don't care, no. some, they don't care if someone is a transsexual, I mean, a, a trans or a gay or, a, or any color, you know, they don't, they don't really care. And, but they also, most normal, I think these normal people, and, you know, I'll throw us in there, us normal people, uh, we also have a sense of humor about ourselves and, the, and about all the taboo shit too.
2: Right, right. And I, I think, mean, that that's to some, like, yeah, to say it as simply as possible, like, so much of the media is just it's it's designed to outrage people it's designed to divide and conquer and i think people are more alike and less extreme than we think they are we just see this these like cartoon extreme versions of this side or that side or whatever and yeah it's try not try not to get sucked into it i guess is like i'm saying it for my own sake or anyone's sake
1: but then every but then like then they'll go counter against what we just said. I have been around people where, I mean, I guess the most extreme example is once I, I was visiting someone that I knew, I would say a friend, but maybe an ex friend, I don't know. And they had a, a cat and long story short, I misgendered the cat. And, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, uh, and, and this was like in 2014 and I didn't, and this, all this stuff didn't, I didn't, this stuff wasn't as prevalent in the conversation as right. it is today, so I'm like, "What the fuck are you even talking about? What planet <laughs> are you on? I misgendered the what the fuck!" Yeah, so but they but, were they were upset about it. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah. What? And maybe maybe they weren't like mad. We didn't get into a fight or anything, but they they uh, I think they had uh, a degree of disappointment in me for. Mm-hmm. Being insensitive and, uh, and also uh, looking at me like I was, uh, fucking like a hayseed, a real dolt, a a dumb, dumb,
2: a a caveman.
1: Yeah. Savage. But then also like, Hey, you're dealing with me. You know how I am. I'm a, you know, I mean, that's, I'm thinking like, and this person knew me and we, we shared, you know, jokes and laughs. And, but I think this person, uh, is, was, is prone to being (laughs) radicalized,
2: uh, Right. Which certainly exists on both sides, all sides, whatever. But whatever. It's stupid. Just make the art you want to make. And I mean, the only way I see it being an issue is like, I know you and Johnny have had, Johnny Ryan have had like your Instagram accounts deleted and stuff because of the content of your art. And, You know, that sucks because I know that can be a source of income, but the way I see those entities are like, they're so massive and there's so much money involved. They were just bound to become Disney-fied. So for me, it's just like, whatever, I don't put a penis drawing on Instagram. It's not a big deal, but I can sell the zine that's full of penis drawings. And it's almost better because it like pushes it back to how it was in the 90s.
1: Right. And you know what it is? Like, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it has upset me. And, you know, probably at least once a year, I'll uh, maybe I tied one on and I, I come on the on the social media and I, and I start bitching about this stuff. And then I'm like, OK, yeah, I just need to like I need to, you know, whatever. I, I also have to fo- there are rules that I have to follow that I don't want to follow. But then also by following them, it is a challenge to me to sort of repress certain things. And then uh, and then I learn from it. And something, and something new comes out of that experience. So, right. and just learning how to, uh, to adapt.
2: Well, that's what they say with art is like constrictions can be good, you know? Um, yeah. But like with the Bat Book, I told you, you know, thankfully, Julian, the publisher in France, he's, he's into the kind of work we do. And it's like you're completely unfettered, you can do absolutely whatever you want. And there's always going to be people like that. So, to me, it's just like focus on that stuff. And the people who support you. And see, I'm it's all. This is just like fucking Rainbow City. This podcast, just positive vibes left and right. Don't you love it?
1: I do love it, man. And I will say, this is, a, this is something that I've been I've been encountering in the last few years, and I and I'm I'm happy that that I find that there. Uh, people who whose work I appreciate, uh, or people, and, and they repre- they appreciate me back, and or, or maybe people sometimes it's people who I I would think, oh that person's going to hate me, for this this and that reason, and right. then we fucking gel and we hang out and and we're not really I mean we're all different, but we can not only can we cohabitate or you know share a, a space we can share a drink we can share a conversation. And and like each other, it's yeah. uh, it's wild. I'm like, oh, I can have I can have friends, and there's a great benefit of not alienating people. Think about, well, isn't that weird?
2: Well, like Alex Graham, right? She's kind of a buddy of yours. She's an appreciator of your stuff, and sure. you are of hers. And she's she's a great artist, and and uh, I think she's, she's full of someone who you know, does great work and has great taste and is kind of in a similar realm. And that's always going to exist, you know, like I hate when people make generalizations about generations. I mean, it's funny to do it sometimes, you know, boomer, millennial, whatever. But the fact is like, ultimately, there's always going to be people who make and are into the kind of work that we do. There's 20 year olds who are, who are doing it? There's, you know, twelve year olds who are probably drawing, you know, dicks getting chainsawed in half, and, you know, the fun stuff. And, Hell yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm kind of, I'm kind of a hypocrite because sometimes I'll see other people doing some of this, some sick shit, like stuff that's not right, you know, or whatever, you know, quote unquote not right or not normal, not, or, and I'm like, that there's something fucked up with that person. But then I, I'm like, oh, me. <laughs> Like I think you know, I think like the things that I've that I've done, the things that I've I've drawn.
4: I'm like, well, oh, that's,
2: that, that's what I mean by these. The comedy show and the movie I saw this week is like they're both. They're both dealing with stuff that is you know, to use a buzzword, problematic or whatever. Like potentially. Uh, difficult but that's what art is supposed to be for that's what i that's my favorite stuff has always been that like it's the place to go where you can you can chase down just like and and try to pin down the ugliest sides of yourself the ugliest thoughts and at its best it functions as a kind of well that's a whole other conversation i don't know if i can define art like but there's a lot of different ways people do which is like it doesn't function as a form of catharsis you know uh, as a release valve for these kinds of things i th- my point is just like you can do this stuff and not be like a red pill nazi idiot
1: right and i mean and you could also even be like a whatever a left leaning person who is tolerant and etc and maybe even have some traits or aspects of your personality that would make you indicative of a of a red pill right wing uh, uh fascist idiot right. you know i mean it, it takes all kinds you know yeah and there's I,
2: i'm sure there's nazis out there making great art
1: i mean just look at the nazi i mean just look at the nazis <laughs> you know the the yeah. originals the og nazis oh yeah yeah
2: i know they yeah they Unbelievable architecture, spectacle, <laughs> fashion,
1: engineers. I mean, I mean that's NASA built on the on the on the great minds of these uh, of these uh, yeah these uh, these these boot stompers or whatever you want to call them. You know
2: that, these... that said, I do want to go on the record and in a general sense. I do not think the Nazis were cool.
1: No, I don't think so either. I just you know <laughs> we I mean we because that I mean that stuff has been. You know, the, the design, the, the aesthetic, all that shit has been, you know, it's been, it's been weaving in and out of alternative culture and film and, and literature. Oh, yeah. I, I books. saw Batman
2: 1989 recently, and I picked up on stuff I did not notice Just as a kid. And it, the cop uniforms in that movie are completely like Nazi uniforms. Just for example, as one big pop culture, you know, movie... The yeah, 80, it's, not it's, the it's in everything
3: it's yeah, cause, yeah
1: they, they're like they're such a marker such a such a yeah such a, a symbol of of repressive and uh, yeah I mean
2: just how bad how I, people can get the worst of the worst
1: How we can, yeah how we can get there how we can fucking how, we, mil, militarize people in such a way that it is you become you become the exterminator you become a machine And I'm I'm feeling a fucking, a program.
2: Right. That's why it's endlessly fascinating. Like, how can you get to the point where you completely dehumanize others that you can do that? I mean, that's, yeah, that's a big part of it. Um, Sucks. Nazis suck. They're not cool. Don't go down that route.
1: I just, the only part of the, of of fascism or, or Nazis that I do want to incorporate into my own self eventually. Uh, is the is the regimen part, the the order, the Ah.
2: Well that's you know, what I have I have that down pretty well. <laughs> yeah, my schedule's pretty fascistic. I'm a Nazi to myself, basically.
1: Yeah, and I'm just like I'm 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 a I'm a chaotic Nazi in that way to myself because I'm just fucking you know, I mean, there are times I just, I just, I need to fuck off. Sometimes I need to fuck off for a week or, I mean, I don't need to, but that's like maybe where I have to have those experiences. I have to do the, the four day bender. I, I had man I had this actually, I, I need to talk to these people. My friends of mine here, I've made, I made a few friends here since I've, I, I, I relocated. I'll just, I'll just say I relocated. So I relocated somewhere and it's a smaller, smaller town. It's not my town. And, you know, for uh, over like a year, like I really just didn't, I didn't have friends. So I, I had to like kind of go out there and make them.
2: Uh, it's tough. The older you get too. It's tough.
1: Well, here, and this is, this is the kicker. This is the part where, uh, <laughs> this is the part that could elicit some shame or I could be shamed for it. Is that these friends that I've made are all much younger than me. Not they're not teenagers. they not. I'm not. I'm not teeny bopping, but they're they're considerably younger than me. So I'm like basically the the old fuck up weird person, which I was probably destined to be, and and that's okay. But they but they like me, and I would maybe even say love me, and I like them, and I love them. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not abusing whatever my status is as this person, this friend. But
3: right.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to have friends of all ages. It's maybe an issue when your friend group's age never changes and you only ever hang out with, like, 18-year-olds. But it's good to have a range of friends, I think, a wide range in age.
1: Yeah, you know, I'll say, um, I mean, because you're considerably older than me.
2: Considerably? Isn't that like three years?
1: No, I'm mean, yeah, you're yeah, we're basically, I would <laughs> say we're basically the, the same age, you know, and I, and it's well, it is wild for me to think, like, yeah, I fucking, I met you in 2003 at SPX. That's when I met you.
2: Oh, let me tell that story. Please. It's very brief, but uh, 2003 was the only SPX I went to, and the party Saturday night, which is like in the kind of the lobby of the hotel, I believe. I remember going to the bathroom, peeing in the urinal, and this big psycho came and peed next to me and was just, like, talking at me and gibbering, just total nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, I just laughed and, like, went. And then somehow, we, did we meet that weekend? Maybe somebody introduced us officially, but that's, that's my first interaction with you is, like, peeing next to each other and you're just gibbering drunken just bullshit at me
1: oh shit Well, that that, that, that sounds like me uh, how I actually remember you is I was outside of the, the hotel and I and you approached me and you said oh you know you like we're I'm like well I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go across the street cause across the street was this deli that I'd gone to for like the last five years like I went to I think five SPX's in a row and and so you and I, we went across the street, got a sandwich. We talked. You gave me some. I think you gave me uh, uh, several copies of Happy. And uh-huh. and that's and that's how like, we connected. And I and I, I was wowed by your books. And like what? like this is this guy's cool. And looks like I've made another friend. So
2: I wonder if True Porn had come out by then because I must have seen your stuff. And that trip was definitely. One that stood out in that book. So, what else would you have been in?
1: Very few things. I wasn't, I, I was in uh, Legal Action Comics one and Legal Action Comics two. Right. At that point. In a, in a, yeah. And then st- maybe a couple other little things here and there. Uh, yeah. And, I, and even still, like now that I'm, I'm saying that, I'm thinking, like, you know, fast forward 20 years, I haven't actually been in a lot of things but I've been still putting stuff out so I've been kind of in well i you know I've been in this book this book little little tiny book but really not in a whole actually not in a whole lot of publications but I have a lot of stuff there needs to be a big collection
2: I say it all the time to you but
1: you know I'm I'm, I'm working towards that and I think just there are things going on in my life right now that are going to facilitate that and make that more of a more of the reality. And I think uh-huh. by doing. By doing just. Just by doing this book with. Or this this tiny zine with. Nate McDonough. Called Paid by the Line. Is, is sort of the start of that. And I also will. I need to teach myself. How to kind of do the fucking whole. Paginating thing with the fucking. PDFs and whatever. And I can just order my shit. And fucking fold the paper. Staple it myself. And put right. the books out. I think that's that's going to be like the, the the thing is that I know it's not impossible and it's probably not even that difficult it's just that
2: I don't really know how to
1: do it myself um mm, right but
2: uh, that's good to hear is bittersweet romance gonna collect the older stuff or is it gonna be like a new chapter
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be the complete shebang that's that's what I'm aiming towards so I'm in the process of uh fuck could be here's the thing is i had like originally this ending that was more more kind of jokey but i kind of do want to expand upon it and so there's like a ending that is if i stick just strictly to the original ending i just need to complete these 10/12 slash pages you know it's uh and then and then it's done. But I feel like because I have grown since it, and I've, I've maybe matured just a, a fucking just a, a pube since. <laughs> you know, I, had a, I have a gray pube now, so I'm like, okay, I got a gray pube. I've matured. I'm a little more thoughtful. I'm a, I'm, I'm just less like a shark. I'm more like a human being. Uh, right. I kind of want to maybe instead of just having this fucking tome of awfulness and misogyny and and just human ugliness like uh, there, there is this other little cap I want to, I would, I'm considering putting on there and it's, it's, it's like it's 90% in the um, you know, it's 90% realized in my mind and on thumbnail, but it, it hasn't been committed to paper completely uh, as I'm completing, I'm doing the original edit but then there's also an additional I think ten or twelve pages that are that are maybe unnecessary but they were something that I had also made created as an addendum before the original ending that I that I, I scripted out ten years ago.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm actually gonna just fucking just I'm working I'm so I'm I'm concentrating on the last 10, 12 uh, pages and then if I feel like I really need... If I feel like I need to cap it and make it so that it's... Uh, give it, you know, maybe just... I was maybe just a little indie kick. That little that indie alt-friendly kick that, like, kind of, you know, uh, signifies that I'm not a, a monster. Or maybe not. Or may, or maybe well, just go I, fucking full monster, man.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I... From even that first chapter, like, yeah, the, the, the comic starts with all this you're totally like wrestling with all this ugliness but i feel like if people really spend the time with it you you do get like kind of vulnerable and reflective even in that chapter so um it's tough to say yeah like sometimes that is the right thing just it's just pure you know black metal ugliness dive and sometimes if that's where you're at and it feels right to kind of Put some kind of more to, you know, get the mature Victor out there dancing for us. Like, look at this sensitive, thoughtful, considerate fellow, Victor Cairo, opening up for us like a flower so we can appreciate every soft, tender petal of your being.
1: Yeah, that's what you want to
2: do with it, do it.
1: Sure. And the, yeah, making myself vulnerable so that I can be picked
2: apart by the by the Terminators and the vultures.
1: <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> right. Right.
2: And that's right. I mean, that's because, because it's a doggy dog world and everyone is cool and awful. And you got to always keep that in mind and you got to be the worst person. I mean, that's kind of what your Kramer's strip was about. It's like, this is why I become the mutant Nazi Robocop. Is because <laughs> the world is shitty and awful it's like a reaction to that and yeah, but I, I don't know. I see the marshmallow at your core. I see it and I'm telling people it's there. But sorry. Sorry so again for, for nice, nice, nice words. Sorry no, it, to throw them at you.
1: No, it's fine. Cause I, you know, I, cause I, I've done, this is, I don't know if this is like whatever my, my fucking, my 30th or my 35th podcast. And I, I know I've exposed myself, uh, in innumerable ways. And, and then I have other podcasts that I haven't released yet, Because maybe it was like, oh, I I have at least like three different Johnny Ryan interviews that I or conversations that I had with him that I haven't released. And he still he still agrees to to record with me every time, which is funny. But one of them really goes off the rails and he's like, yeah, you may want to consider just never, ever releasing this. And I'm like, now I'm thinking like I need to release that. I need to release them all. Can
2: you give me a general sketch of what it's about, why it's, it's tough to release?
1: I think I need to re-listen to it and then kind of rediscover why that is, but I just know that it, it did go off the rails. I mean, just, probably on my behalf.
2: You guys have you know, like a slur off, like who can the gnarly slurs you can throw at each other?
1: Uh, no, I, you know, honestly, I, again, like, it was like a year ago, so I need to just kind of go back and and listen and listen to it. I, I know I've released two different podcasts with him and he's he's great. And he, he's great at, uh, you know, wordplay and playing along. And but then also I, like he does open up. He is. Yeah. He is actually a really uh, multi. I mean, just like a. I
2: I love the conversation you guys had about being raised Catholic, both, both of you and how that shaped you and your art. I thought that was really interesting and revealing.
3: And
1: he's, I think he's a guy too, who has his own, his own marshmallow. I think he's probably, he's probably way more guarded than I am. And that's fine. And it makes sense because he is, he does put himself out there or he puts more work out there. Yeah. I don't think he puts himself out there and stuff, but his his stuff is consistently entertaining and funny. And.
2: Oh yeah. It's amazing. I, I think of the, I read the, uh, the huge, uh, barely human. So it's called barely human collection. But, like, that portrait of Adam Lanza, that is mind-boggling. Like, that, that's just, it's so intense, like, to draw one of the worst mass shooters.
3: Because I know that
2: photo. Once I saw the drawing, I was like, yeah, I know that fucking haunted, haunting photo of that guy. Yeah, Which, one, which, which guy one was A- Adam Lanza? I can't, I don't recall. Who he's, had- he's the Newtown shooter. He shot all the little kids in Connecticut
0: oh that guy okay
2: wow yeah, Johnny did this like incredible portrait of him and I, I read about that guy he was yeah that's a whole other topic conversation of like the shootings I don't know I should probably retire soon from this conversation
1: okay well we'll say uh, before we go like I do yeah let's uh, let's do a, a prop up for Jonathan the Ryan and, uh, and yeah and, like, there's a fucking appreciation for that guy because I, I did have the distinct honor of sitting in a booth with him and we I had my sketchbook. I'm like, let's, let's draw some stuff. And we're drinking some beers. And that guy can just – he just – you see it. He just has the thing and he just does
2: it. It's amazing. You mean like, like the, the wit, the comedic, like one-liner thing? Well,
1: the, you know, just the, the application to the pen, to the paper – yeah oh, okay. from the mind to the paper right and and then we did, we did a couple of caricatures of different comic artists that we know, and uh wow, he just fuck it just he just zipped it because he's got that he has that economical style and right. it's it's pretty brilliant and yeah he's able to get people down with just very few lines and he does it quick
2: right so yeah i I see it I know he's great i appreciate god bless that dude.
1: Johnny and Obama. God and also god bless you for also not being as economical as jonathan or ryan and definitely not as economical in mind as me <laughs> right you're the other extreme <laughs> yeah i'm the, i'm just simple i do the simple stuff and i over, right, i right. over i overkill i overdraw everything but that's that'll change it won't change <laughs> uh, but hey man yeah, but
2: it's it's beautiful it's great you got your own thing <laughs> Yes, Mister Victor. Good talk, sir.
1: Brother, I love you, and uh, you know we'll do this again in a year or whenever or whenever you're comfortable doing it. And hopefully, uh, this is a good thing for for everybody, including yourself.
2: Yes, sounds good. We'll do it in the future. All right, sir. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good night, my Joshua.
3: <laughs>
0: Grab me my beer Then sing me the song I'll pour you some wine and I'll sing along I will Lately I've been drinking Every night Of our beans over, I'm the alcoholic. I'm getting drunk. I'm will I will deny. I'm the alcoholic. I deserve On love and oh i really done things I'm not proud of lately I I'm the alcoholic This is how Yeah.
4: on the sling put me on the thing i am right there sacrificing myself just kidding i'm just not saying that myself i don't want to do that for myself i'm just trying to imagine what it means to give oneself up totally to some sort of dark force that command commands your soul and in return he gives you unlimited power on earth I don't think I'm ready for that, I think that I would just become a symbiotic fucking parasite of them. And that is trick to get me to agree, so I don't want to prescribe to any sort of deity. Dark or light, I hope I'm right, I don't want to change my life. When I'm gone from here, I imagine I'll come back. But if I forfeit my soul, I don't think that'll happen. It's mine. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. This belongs to me. It has to be this way. I'll have to keep running. about the future and the afterlife running from the hounds of hell trying to cast the spells certain all sorts of demons and witches trying to chase you hopefully you got a sort of sort of like a space motorcycle you can ride around in. <laughs> like in the movies you know it's just gonna be able to start to have gas yeah and you can escape, you can escape the grasp of the dark, evil, malignant forces. Trying to, trying to hold your horses, trying to dupe you into one of those shell games. Look below the shell. Oh, wait. Oh, there's your soul. I have it underneath this nut casing. Yeah, encased in hell. You can't have me. I'm an outlaw. A real outlaw, I guess. At least. It's mine. It's mine.